Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about what about Reckoning? Will they need to retool Reckoning in light of all the nerfs coming with Season of Opulence? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. I'm probably live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If you're watching on YouTube, hitting the like and subscribe button is a free and easy way to support me. So I'm having to redo this talk. We have to switch playlist. It got muted on Twitch. So those that are live right now are having to kind of hear this talk again i can write refine it a little bit but for those of you listening on youtube or itunes other places you have no idea but the music will be a little bit different from here on out it's an official chill hop playlist that is copyright free which is that's what i thought i was using but i guess not so why am i talking about reckoning if you're familiar with my content I was very critical of Reckoning, still don't think it's very good, there's a lot of things I think they could do differently with it, I'm going to talk about that in this video, I'm going to talk about ways they could change the content in a couple of ways, but I also want to talk about why the content itself might actually feel and be experienced in a worse way in light of a lot of the nerfs. If you're familiar with the video that I did about the nerfs coming in Season of Opulence, I essentially said, unless you want everything to be reckoning in Season of Opulence, we need these changes. It sucks, it's a bummer, I don't like it, but these changes are necessary. Unless you want the raid and the new six-man activity in Opulence, you want everything to be and feel like Opulence, That I'm sorry, reckoning, then these changes need to happen. Now, the reason that I said that was... I don't think Reckoning is good content for a variety of reasons. One of the foundational reasons is that it feels built for exotics. It feels built for Orpheus Riggs Tether. It feels built for the Skull Nova. You know, Skull gets buffed, and then the first week is Void Burn whenever Reckoning comes out. I don't think that was actually an accident. So... I want to talk about, first of all, let's just talk about the nerfs in this video. Secondly, I want to say, what about the loot? How could, you know, what what should they do with the loot? Because I don't feel like the loot was treated very well in Season of the Drifter. And then lastly, I want to say, use the Drifter. Use him as an NPC. I've been calling for that for a really long time. All the NPCs in the game have way more potential and usage in the game's longevity and grind. I'm going to do today another talk. It'll be my review of the entire season of The Drifter in light of everything that happened, because now we're at the end. Outbreak Perfected is done, and we have like a week left. So, let's talk about the nerfs. The encounters themselves don't just feel built for Skull, Riggs, and Phoenix Protocol. They basically feel extra painful the minute you're not using those exotics. So if you go into these encounters with three titans and you try to rely on Bubble or your hammer, you know, your big your big hammer, it's going to be significantly more challenging and the fun factor goes down. So that's one layer of the problem with the nerfs is that if they're giving diminishing returns and you can't really live off the orbs, using Skull Nova, Rake's Tether, and Phoenix Protocol might not be nearly as rewarding and it might make it get really complicated and frustrating later on. Now, that compounds the fact that I don't think the content's that good to begin with. Even when you're using Skull, Riggs Tether, and Phoenix Protocol, I think the content just feels very generic and silly because you're basically just spamming supers. So, weakening those super, you know, super representations and timing and rhythm, I think will be you know, way, way worse. And apparently Dylan commented on a Reddit post that the encounter is basically impossible with randoms if you aren't using these exotics. So even right now, there's evidence within the community's sort of testimony that the content is going to need to be retooled. And thankfully, if Dylan is commenting on a post about that, hopefully they're looking at retooling it because we don't know how extreme these diminishing returns will be. That's all they said in the blog post was that 
Skull Nova, Orpheus Riggs, uh, Skull of the Dire Ahamkara, Orpheus Riggs, and Phoenix Protocol are all going to see diminishing super returns. Now, you could still combine that with orb generation and get through it. Like, orb generation may still be the focus. And something they could look at is modifiers for the encounters. They could say, okay, well, wait. We're nerfing these exotics. We've built an encounter that is super, super dependent upon super generation, super showing up a lot maybe they could make it like Mayhem, maybe they could have a permanent and intrinsic modifier to Reckoning that kind of allows you to have your super up all the time, maybe something like Blind Well, or just raise orb generation, I'm not sure I would like to see the encounter retooled and changed quite a bit, but if they basically just have to meet the pain point of people needing their supers all the time that would be an easy way to solve it, but also maybe even help the teams of randoms that are going in there, now another layer of problem with the Reckoning was the lack of loot generosity and drops at one level the loot was so focused on gambit prime i think that hurt engagement that hurt likability because if you're if you're basically wanting pve content that's not really in the spirit of pve content to run something that's grindable and loopable that at a ground level is primarily feeding armor for gambit prime which is a pvp game mode in disguise it's not really a pve environment so that at a foundational level is problematic at another level we got to ask the question what about the loot the gun drop rate is atrocious even with them fixing the quote-unquote, increasing the drop rate or fixing the drop rate, it's still really, really bad. So that's another thing I think they need to look at here. The Drifter loot saturation has got to be incredibly low. Just wasted loot. Almost nobody has gone after those guns, or even if they have gotten those guns, they probably haven't gotten roles that they particularly are fond of. So I think as we move to opulence, you don't want to just leave this this stuff behind. They they retooled Ada's bounties. I think they could retool the way that reckoning loot functions. And there's a couple of things I think they could do. Number one, I think they should give us bounties at Drifter that could be utilized in a really smart way to knock out a couple birds with one stone. Because when we got into Season of the Drifter, they didn't completely ignore the forges, especially once people pointed out and noticed they're like, the Ada bounties aren't rotating properly. I still don't think they should have given us all of them. They should have fixed the rotation because I think Rhythmic Urgency is good for Destiny. That's another video. That's another topic. But they address the Ada bounty issue in Season of the Drifter. This means they could address this in Season of Opulence. I would like to see it addressed before we get into Season of, you know, Opulence. And there's a couple of reasons why I think they need to do that. So let's talk about the end here. Use the Drifter. His guns and bounties, I think, could be used to solve a couple of problems and meet a couple of pain points. Number one, you could use those guns as surge bounties in Season of Opulence. We know surge bounties are going to probably be necessary again for people coming back that have fallen behind. If they want to kind of boost themselves up to the the 690s, I would assume is where they'll take you, get you close to 700, basically. I think surge bounties to just take you to 700, but I digress. That doesn't... 690 is almost like, why? Why leave them in that limbo? Just jump them to... Kickstart them to 700 and then, and then move on. Now, somebody might say, well, that's because they don't want people who grind into 700 to have all their work invalidated by surge bounties week one. Well, at that point, they're moving beyond 700 anyway, so I don't think it really matters. I think surge bounties should take you to the old cap, but they, I guess that's up to Bungie and they might have their reasoning, all right? So, if you gave him surge bounties and the surge bounties were these guns, you could have those guns rotate each week. This does a couple of things. Number one, it gives people 
oh, I heard Drifter wasn't that good. This is a nice solution. Not only are they letting me jumpstart my leveling to catch up to everybody in Opulence, but they're also giving me the opportunity to have player intentionality, player agency, that volition to say, I want to chase these specific guns. I said numerous times, once we saw, once we got a look at the guns in Season of the Drifter, as well as the new perks, it's like these are actually pretty dope guns. They look cool, their ornaments are cool, they added new perks, and there they sit in the dustbin because nobody really had the intentional grind to go chase them so this would actually solve multiple issues two birds with one stone number one it shows that they're listening to the community they're willing to re you know address old investment paths and old loot and dress it up and make it better that's good number two it enables community members who either were playing in season of the drifter or skipped it because it was so bad to say hey they're giving some life to content that wasn't that good we can now chase these guns we can have that player agency and lastly it gives people the opportunity to have that surge bump and boost and guess what it's not in old content surge bounties or milestones or whatever taking people to old content it'd be kind of nice to come back to opulence and say one of the primary ways you're going to jumpstart your leveling is by going to newer content going into reckoning especially if they retool if they retool the retool the encounters to either feed your supers more maybe lessen the lessen the ad saturation lessen how often those big majors show up because they're the main issue people like we'll use your guns if they retool that and make that content more enjoyable because to a certain extent i like the reckoning on paper i look at the environment i look at the encounters i'm like this is actually good content but the execution of how the ads show up is so tuned and tooled for a specific build for a specific type of thing it hurts matchmaking it hurts the encounter it makes it narrow it makes it very very bland and unfun so they could land a lot of good value points here going into season of opulence and say not only are we giving you season of opulence we're retooling something from drifter that we didn't feel like really got to its maximum potential and that just makes the community feel like not only are you listening you're giving us more to do than just the new stuff so i'd love to see them Take a look at Reckoning from a variety of ways, not just the encounter's difficulty and the rhythm, but also the loot delivery, surge bounties, utilize Drifter, give him more, you know, give him more purpose and presence in the game because you've already given us some great backstory on him. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always come in live. I'm probably live right now, twitch.tv slash standardrage. As with all my content, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about what about reckoning? Uh, I'm going to sit in orbit for those watching on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. Come on in and check me out. Sometimes I stay in orbit just because I can go through the questions faster. I started this session a little later in my stream, so it helps me go through the questions a little bit quicker because I can focus because I'm not not running around and doing stuff. So if you like to have the gameplay, I apologize sometimes I decide to sit in orbit that's one of the reasons so let's jump into the questions uh do 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 oh that's that's not a question about this Luna says what are your thoughts of reckoning gear dropping as non-powerful gear so you have to infuse every piece of gear you get but the helmet yeah I mean this is this is maybe another you know issue with drifter and reckoning that doesn't really need revisited I I I argued in my video to basically 
number one, retool reckoning because you're going to weaken a lot of the tools that make it that, that make it. I would say tolerable. I think reckoning is tolerable with Orpheus rigs and Skull of the Dire Ahamkara. Uh, not very tolerable um, once you don't have those, or if they're significantly weaker. Um, but I will say I went beyond that to also say they should say here's another way of getting the loot. We're going to do surge bounties, and you know those surge bounties are going to then give you the directional path to the guns. I don't, at this point, there's no point really revisiting, like, it's not powerful. I don't know, you know, if that needs revisited in in opulence. Although, you get two powerfuls from Ada every week, and you get her milestone. They could consider doing something similar with Drifter as well, and I left that out of my talk, but I could see them doing that as well, saying, okay, well, the surge bounties are there, but one a week will drop powerful, and the rest are just going to be normal old bounties. And then, you know, Drifter... Drifter doesn't really need milestones because he's got one for Reckoning, he's got one for Prime, and one for regular Gambit. So, uh, Emin did it, says, uh, or Eman did it, says, Lono, do you think the raid prep method will ruin replayability for this new season? No, raids haven't been all that replayable anyway. Uh, Scourge's loot pool is too small. Uh, the raid loot's not that interesting outside of the threat level and the anarchy. There wasn't a whole lot in Scourge, when you don't have a full weapon pool, it hurts I also think they need to to continue I'm always going to harp on this they really need to consider powerful drops your first three runs and then lower the drop rate non-powerful drops after that so if I feel like grinding Scourge for the entire week, hoping for a really good roll on the threat level, I can do that or whatever it is you're going for this would then give justification for a full loot pool in a small raid because maybe the loot pool rotates week to week or maybe you do the internal currency with the extra chest so when you're running it for your powerful drops you have a chance at both weapons but then maybe on that first encounter there's two chests and there's a chest for the shotgun and there's a chest for the scout and you can choose which one to open every time you open it it drops from the currency non-powerful again these are ways I think that they could add replayability to the raid so I don't think the raid prep method is going to hurt replayability of the new season because replayability is usually linked to the content loop not the raid okay so whatever the six man activity hopefully that's good hopefully it rotates maybe week to week hopefully they give us intentionality replayability is generally not linked to power grinding anyway so the real moo says what do you think about the super exotics being nerfed Along with reckoning, do you think it's going to be a lot harder? My entire talk was on that. Yeah, they need to, they're going to need to retool reckoning more than likely. Reaper with 25 months, welcome back. Thanks for keeping your primes up here. Domino says, with all the gear sets obtained, what use is the reckoning when there's nothing to gain? Maybe turning into a horde mode with ramps up in the difficulty. Well, I mean, if you have all the gear, then that's my hope is that they would turn it into an intentional farm for the guns I don't think the guns are in high saturation if by some freaking miracle you got every gun with good rolls and you're like I'm done with reckoning I'm sorry to tell you that's just kind of how games like this go once I got every single god roll from the forges asking Bungie to do something with the forges at that point is a little bit ludicrous because it's like I grinded like crazy. I got my value out of that content. They can't rejuvenate it just for me. I'm in the 1%. Do you know how many people probably got a god roll on every single item from the forges? Blast Furnace, the bow, the hammerhead, the, the, the kindled orchid. Very few people 
very few people probably pulled that off so there's still vibrancy and life in the forges for people who maybe didn't get a god rolled kindled orchid or a blast furnace so similarly in reckoning the main issue isn't the armor sets it's the fact that the guns drop almost not at all and giving you an intentional farm would be really really good so Heron TV, do you think Bungie should have heavily modified Reckoning uh, based on the fact that it was built around pre-nerf exotics? Reckoning is already a chore in most of us with the current modifiers. Um, yeah, this is just like the last question. I mean, I th- this is what my entire talk was about. So yes, they're going to want to uh, retool it. Um, now, I don't know if it's going to be a front-burner issue. This could be like Ada's Bounties, and they could decide... Uh, they could decide to say, you know what? No, we're, we're going to do it later in the season. We don't have time right now. It could be something that they do later instead of right away. Uh, I would think, I would think doing it sooner than later would be good. Again, I'm going to put the, uh, the ugly ship on display for everybody. Um, from the, uh, I I like this ship from zero hour. I know a lot of people don't like it. (laughs) Paul Tassi called me out in his article. I'm in the minority. (laughs) I know. I think it's cool. In any case, um, yeah. Uh, any info if Bungie will be in E3 or not we're all assuming that they are going to E3 it would be strange for them to go to Guardian Con and not E3 now the timing may make them do less at E3 and more at Guardian Con uh, just because it's so early in Season of Opulence but given that they're rushing the raid launch time I feel that they're going to be at E3 even if they just send a couple of the community guys in Deej to walk around and talk to people, pass out codes, and then do some interviews about whatever they're doing in September. Nova Hands. Hey, Lono, what do you think of the odds that the fall update kicks off basically the same amount of content as Forsaken, but it's stretched out over the annual passing of Bungie dev time? This was a theory that I had that whatever they had built for September, I was calling it the Taken Queen, they would stretch that out over the annual pass. Now, Triple Rec said he heard from inside sources that it's actually going to be a full DLC and it's going to be sizable. I don't think it's going to be a Comet DLC. I think what Triple is saying, you take that and you you mesh that together with what Shadow of Anon the Nine said on Reddit, and I think you've got a pretty good picture of what's going to happen. There will be a pretty big, I would think... Rise of Iron size DLC to kick off the annual pass. Not as big as Forsaken and Taken King, though. I, it, it's going to be bigger than everything we got in this annual pass. It's not going to be like Black Armory, Drifter, or Opulence. It will be bigger. I think it's going to be Rise of Iron size, full raid. You know, we're going to go to the Dreadnought, right? Dreadnought and Plaguelands. I, I think I think I'm theorizing. I don't have any I don't have any inside information about Dreadnought. I think we're going back to the Dreadnought. Dreadnought's essentially gonna be like the Plague Lands, and that's it. And they'll put an activity on the Dreadnought, they'll put a raid in the Dreadnought, and then that'll be a patrol area. There'll be a campaign to to do stuff on Dreadnought. They might even bring back some of the strikes. Kind of. Kind of bring back some of the strikes since the areas will be the same. And then that'll be our kickoff. That's what I think is gonna happen. If not then at the very least we're going we're going to the dreadnought for something that's clear from the end game cutscene and luke smith's comments about that showing us the like the plot of the dlc the light of the traveler hits uh 
it hits Mercury, then it hits Mars, then it hits the Reef, and then it hits the Dreadnought. So in that order is Curse, Warmind, Forsaken, and then the Dreadnought's the only thing left. So could be Saturn, Saturn and Dreadnought, something like that. Uh, Bumble 17. Oh, I just thought of something. I just thought of something. Before I take Bumble 17's question, what if the goal of the next sort of annual pass and the culmination of the next annual pass and story and the raid is that the pyramid ships show up or they we know they're on their way and we basically the queen is like you need to take control of the dreadnought and we need to use the dreadnought's weapon against the triangle ships to destroy them what if they do that that would be really freaking cool. And we have to fight Savathun to basically get Oryx's sword or power to use the Dreadnought against the Pyramid ships. That would be pretty awesome. We'd have to basically a mission or a campaign to re-enable the weapon, and that would be where Savathun comes in and the Taken Queen and the new raid. That would actually be pretty freaking awesome. The Queen would basically be like, our only option in dire circumstances with these with this threat is to turn to the most unlikely weapon, the weapon that was used against us. Cuz that's the only thing we know of that could probably take out an entire fleet of ships. Bubble 17. Would you like to see barren specific loot from the adventures? Uh somebody clip that. Clip it. Uh, Baron-specific loot from the Avengers. Would you like to see Baron-specific loot from the Avengers with the Baron rotating weekly? Yes. I've talked about this before. One of the things that irritates me about the the Baron fights, the Baron fights are fabulous, and we barely have touched them. They are some of the most fun, most cool, most creative, most varied boss fights in all of Destiny, and we barely touch them. Now, when Tangled Shore is the Flashpoint, that's not bad. But Tangled Shore is in a Flashpoint rotation with, what, eight locations? So, what is that? Once every other month? That's ridiculous. So, I, I'm so surprised they haven't used them. There is some unique drops you can get. The You know, the one Titan helmet's pretty cool. Um, so, I would say... I would say that they would... Uh, they would need to consider doing something with them... But that, to me, is coming later. I think they're going to repurpose a bunch of content in September and beyond. Heron TV says, uh, What do you think of something like a Reckoning Trials card, where if you complete four in a row without failing, you get a weapon choice from Drifter or something along those lines? I wouldn't be against this, but again, my main issue is... it. it, it my only thought here is I would want the frequency to be reasonable. Because when you do the bounties for Ada... It doesn't, it's it's like you do like what two lost sectors, fill the seeds, and then you go and run the forge. That's it. So if you're going to make me do reckoning four times flawlessly to pick a weapon, that interval is a little too extreme. Uh, so now maybe that's in addition to it dropping more regularly or something. I still think there's just a simplistic beauty to Ada's bounty system that needs to be everywhere in the game and I'm going to continue to ask for that because <laughs> I just think it works so well Bet44 some of the promo videos we've seen shows Guardians wearing what appears to be Leviathan raid gear do you think that Bungie's throwing a hint that the old gear may be repurposed now or do you think they're teasing something else well if the next raid or at least the horde mode is on the Leviathan we have perks that only work on the Leviathan. 
So if you go into collections, go to armor, and then you're going to go to end game, and you go into chest piece here. We got power overwhelming. When you're on the Leviathan, using power weapons to defeat challenging enemies will boost your power weapon damage by 15% for a short time. That's just one example. Obviously, I think the one on the gloves would be the one that most people would uh, gravitate toward. Uh, it doesn't look like we can see them. I don't know why I can see it on the chest piece and nothing else. Um, you can see it on the boots. They've got energized, but they don't have the other ones. I can't choose the other ones. So you could definitely benefit from having those sets. The question would be, this is summer of 2019. What are you doing for players that either haven't run Leviathan or don't have any of the gear or they're new to the game like that would be in to a certain degree i like the idea but i'm also worried about the reception of that idea given that a lot of people wouldn't have the sets and that we would need a way to earn them i wouldn't want the way to earning those sets let's say they also give them some year two treatment random rolls I wouldn't want to be having to go back to the Leviathan and Prestige Leviathan or whatever to earn those sets. I wouldn't want to do that. It would need to be in the new content. So, thank you so much, Solidea Gloria, for two months and for keeping your Twitch Prime sub here. Uh, uh, Myers Alpha. In Paul Tassie's article, he hopes the ship we got from Zero Hour is a bug. How does the ship with the Gambit logo on it be relevant? Um, Well, okay, first of all, it's an exotic. And second of all, does it... I don't know if it even has... Does it have lore? Did we read? No, there's no lore. Um, it even says right here, refurbished salvage recovered from the ruins of the original tower. The thumbnail here and the thumbnail for the schematic clearly line up with the top of the ship. So I don't know how it's a glitch. I don't know how you would say it's a glitch. The only thing this might be a hint toward is that... Ruins of the original tower means that they're trying to hint at the fact that the Drifter was around back then or something. Um, and Drifter's tapes from Allegiance Quest allude to us getting the ship. It makes sense. Yeah, I don't think it's a glitch. There's too many pieces that line up for it to be a glitch. I know people wanted Nano Phoenix. I wanted Nano Phoenix, but I don't know. Um, the main purpose of zero hour was outbreak perfected and then the subsequent catalyst i think the ship is cool because nothing else in the game look like looks like it it looks like a hunk of junk uh which kind of makes sense given what happened to the tower i'm totally okay with it uh mbz says do you think reckoning is being held back by the fact that you feel the need to play gambit prime in order to get the sense for the armor this is another layer of retooling that they could use. I mean, they could definitely separate the two. I don't know if they'd want to do that, though, because the armor could just drop. I guess that is true. Maybe you could just plug in freaking glimmer or something to get the armor to drop from the end. It's, it's an entire it's an entire mechanic. I don't think they're going to jettison an entire mechanic, but they could make the currency irrelevant. Uh... And then people could just use the synths as consumables when playing Outbreak. I'm sorry, when playing Gambit Prime. Um, so, Mac2099 is saying in chat, you literally go talk to the Drifter after completing the mission the first time. How is the Gambit logo out of place? He even asked us to go back and get him something from the vault where the puzzle's located. 
Well, there you go. I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me about that. So the gambit symbol is uh, sensible. Fine. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Again, I like it because so many ships in the game are similar to other ships. There's nothing in the game that looks like this ship. This thing literally looks like something out of Star Wars that some junk trader would be driving around in. I love it. Llama God is reckoning the game mode that made the devs think we need to nerf super regen exotics as we create is as what we create isn't challenging enough anymore when two skull novas shred everything. Reckoning was built for Skull Nova. Reckoning was built for Riggs Tether and Phoenix Protocol, right? Uh that that is that is that is clear, right? It was built for those. I think when they went back to the drawing board and said, what can we build new? They started probably working on the ten, the, the six-man activity, okay? Well, not even them. Think about it like this. It might have even went this way, right? It might have even went this way. They might have said, they might have said, okay, here's the six-man activity that Vicarious Visions has built. Let's do some testing. And they start running through with meta. They start running through with Riggs Tether and Skull Nova, and they're like, this content's a joke. This isn't going to work, right? I mean, but you run through Reckoning, and you're like, I am so thankful for these exotics. It's a very, very different scenario, you know? So, for me, I I would think think that they're going to have to think through again reckoning but as well future content they've always got to think through what are you doing with exotics you know so it's it's one of those things but but also you want to feel strong so how do they balance that right how do they balance that you want to feel strong you want to feel good so it's like they have to give you something strong enough to meet the challenge on the field so that when you meet the challenge on the field with that strength, you feel freaking cool. That's why people were really liking Skull and Rigs because it was meeting some of the challenges. It was just too universal. It landed on virtually every piece of content. So they're going to have to think through. Here's another, here's another thing we have to talk about, okay? Even though you're, only, even though you're getting diminishing returns on Rigs, Phoenix, and skull that doesn't mean that style of exotic isn't already de facto superior to other exotics so it's not even and this is and this is i think the lie we might be telling ourselves oh this is going to add diversity and loadouts no it's not probably not there's still not anything worth swapping unless they introduce new exotics or if this week's twab is here's 10 exotics you know, three per sub, three per class that have been retooled. And you're like, wow, that sounds pretty interesting. That sounds pretty good. I might start using that. I don't think we're going to have more diverse loadouts after this. I think we're just, it's, it's going to allow the content to feel challenging. That's the real end result. The real end result, I don't think, is that you're going to be running around with like apotheosis veil. You know, I don't think you're going to suddenly be running other exotics. Maybe there's a couple people might start running. There's a couple. But in general, I still think Skull, Rigs, and Phoenix Protocol will be very common exotics that you'll see. That's not a problem, but I don't want people to think that there's going to be suddenly this massive amount of variety in exotic loadouts. It's going to make the content not feel so trivial and so easy. So... 
Uh, Alner Retzler says, uh, Luke Smith said there is are, is no darkness in Destiny 2. Did he mean Destiny 2 vanilla, or will that include all DLCs? Also, that means darkness uh, will be in Destiny 3. I think... I, I, I don't know why he said this, and I don't know in what context he said it, and I don't know what phraseology he used, but I know he said this when Destiny 2 came out. He may have been referring to the narrative. He may have been taking a passive shot at the fact that, yeah, there's no more darkness anymore. Like, what the frick happened to it? Um, So, we'll have to wait and see. It still seems like darkness is around. And then there's rumors about a dark subclass in Destiny 3. So, you also can't hold him to that for forever. Stories and, and narratives change. So, you know, it's like, well, three or four years ago, you said this. You said that the, the, the story with the stranger was done. And it's like, well, they still could bring her back. I still think they could bring her back. I still think Destiny 3, we should time travel with her, and that's how they reset everything. But... Evil the Waffler. With the nerf to exotics, uh, which will make Reckoning harder... Do you think that's what Bungie wants and that they won't change it? I don't think they want Reckoning to be harder. No. I don't think Reckoning has had great engagement or has been received very well. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. I don't have the internal numbers Bungie does, but I have a, I have a, a very strong suspicion that Reckoning engagement has been terrible. Because even if, if okay, well, let's say, well, the top 10% don't like it. What about everybody else? Well, everybody else is using matchmaking or playing with their buds, and I don't get the general vibe from this community, Twitter, YouTube, or Reddit that people are in Reckoning that often. I felt like the Forges, there was just, I don't know, I never struggled for matchmaking. Even today when I go run a Forge, there's people in there. You know, I just, there's people in there doing it. I feel like, I feel like Reckoning... Reckoning's got a lot of things working against engagement, especially with the way matchmaking works. If someone leaves and like that in-between weird timer thing that they do, I think there's a lot of things working against Reckoning getting lots of engagement. So I think the last thing Bungie's docket of, of intentions is to say, we want to nerve these exotics because we want to make Reckoning harder. I think they're thinking about future content. Matchmaking seems bad for some forges. That's true. I was always going to the ones on EZZ. Volunder and Berguzia do very well. I think GoFanon and Izanami, or whatever it was called, I think they struggle. The ones on Nessus. They're just not as preferred. Um, So that makes sense. But again, that goes hand in hand. That goes hand in hand with what I'm saying. GoFanon and Izanami are not fun to play. They're annoying. GoFan... Uh, Volunder and Berguzia are pretty fun. Um, and that's the key, isn't it? I mean, that's why Reckoning, I don't think, gets good engagement. It isn't fun. So... If you guys are enjoying this content, if you've never been here before, I like to do interactive radio-style streaming. Uh, I do discussions and Q&A about a lot of different things, a lot of Destiny, obviously. If you're enjoying the content, be sure to click follow. That's the little heart button. Hockey Dan says, Thoughts on adding Trials gear from year one to the Reckoning Pool? Probably not a very good idea to do anything with Trials if it's not Trials. (laughs) I would just really, really think that would not go over that well. I don't think they should do that. They should just do new armor or leave it alone. The the armor that you get from there is fine. It looks cool and it has has a perfect purpose they don't need to just suddenly slam trials armor in there uh sarcastic gaming ah sarcastic gaming like sarcastic i like that uh zom assassin with the prime sub thanks for using your twitch prime sub here 
Who do you suppose is the next raid boss? Callus's daughter? No. Um, I think it's going to be something in Leviathan. And it could be something related to Siva. They could He could have accidentally pulled Siva off of Nessus. And it could be a big, crazy, you know, cabal-looking Siva something. Um, so... I found the Iznami Forge to be the best of all of them, but since you can forge all weapons in Berguzia, easier to run that. Yeah, a lot of folks just run Berguzia for that reason, Coach. I agree. Um, I liked Iznami a, a little bit because it forced you to kind of move around, but I still think if you're just trying to grind over and over and over and over and over, and over again, Berguzia and Valunder are just, they're just better. They're just quicker. So... Total sellout. Do you think the main problem with Reckoning is that the rewards just loop you back to Gambit Prime? Some players may not like and therefore renders Reckoning useless. Or is it the bad weapon drop rates? It's both. It's not one or the other. Both of these are hurting it. Both are hurting it. Number one, if you don't like Gambit Prime, I suppose you could grind for the armor because you think it looks cool. Right? But... That's hurting it. And then the weapon drop rate, right? You could be like, well, I don't really like the armor. I'm going to go for the weapons. Oh, good luck. Good luck. The weapon drop rate is terrible. It's awful. You know? I. It's just one of those things. I don't know. It's one of those things. You, they, they've... When I look at... When, when I look at content in Destiny, my question is always... Uh, my question is always... What's the loop and what can I get from it always? And when you look at when you when you look at reckoning, it's not like a strike specific drop from a nightfall. It's not like the forges, it's not like the raids. You're just sort of like I I know I can get armor for Gambit Prime, but if you don't check that box or you don't care about that box, you're just kinda like, what's the point of the gun drop rate if it's that low? And that random. It's not like they put two really dope guns in there and one week it's a hand cannon and the next week it's a shotgun. And you know the whole time you're grinding that week that's the only gun that can drop. So the low drop rates kind of sucks but you know when something drops you know it will be the hand cannon or you know it will be the shotgun. It's a pretty wide loot pool and it's like I, you combine that with RNG on the, on the perks and it is absolutely brutal. It doesn't it feels very out of place in Destiny, uh, in Destiny content. Very out of place. Uh, Peter Iliak, I feel like issues such as ammo economy, evasion uh, from Whisper, boss melting from Outbreak would have 100% been noticed during playtesting. Why would they allow it in the game anyway? Okay, so first let's take Whisper. When did Whisper land in the game? Whisper landed in the game right before Last Wish. And in Last Wish, the only boss it super easily... Um, um, super easily, uh, is done away with is, um, what's his name? I'm, I'm brain farting on his name. Um, the stupid ogre, uh, Morgeth. Morgeth is just sort of invalidated by, by whisper. Okay. Callie's not Shiro Chi is not. So you got those two encounters whisper doesn't land on Morgeth's turned into, turned into ribbons. It's, it's Golgoroth's big, stupid older brother and then 
you go to the the vault. The vault's not a good place for Whisper of the Worm. And then you get to Riven, and Whisper is good there, but Whisper makes sense there. It's like it's a it's a, it's clearly a snipe dumping hole. Uh, <laughs> you know, it kind of makes sense. So I think when they when they put Whisper in there, they thought this is a pinnacle activity. The Delta is going to be insane. Whisper will work fine in here. Sure, it'll 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 kind of nullify Morgeth, but at the very least. It's not going to nullify the entire raid, okay? Then you go into Scourge, and Scourge is like, it's an encounter, a Sparrow race, an encounter that uses tanks, and then a boss that is just decimated by Whisper. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons it's just like, we've got to do something about this, because now every time we design a Braid boss with with a damage phase that's not mechanically heavy... Whisper's going to rear its ugly head. Now you're like, well, why couldn't they foresee this? Well, sometimes I think there's an internal battle at Bungie. Sometimes I think there's an internal battle at Bungie. They're like, hey, let's make a great weapon, and they make a great weapon. And then six months later, they're like, oh, we designed this really, really great boss encounter. And then the weapon team's like, yeah, but I mean, there's there's a really long damage phase. The weapon we designed six months ago is going to ruin this encounter. And the raid team's like, oh, frick. You know what I'm saying? How long were they working on the raid boss encounter? If they're working on the raid boss encounter for six months, and then once it's done, it's like, oh, that weapon that you guys were working on for six months, oh, frick, we have conflict here. I just think that's one of the things that's that's happening that, in some respects, it's slightly unavoidable. I don't want to make excuses if they're making legitimate mistakes, but I also think sometimes raid team gets head down, weapon team gets head down, they come up for air, and they're like, oh, frick, this is going to be... Oh, wow, yeah. Like, when they designed Morgeth, they probably came out on the other side, and they were like, okay, well, when we designed Morgeth, it was double primary, you fricks, Right? Now you not only have not double primary, you got Whisper. Why? Oh my gosh, Morgas is going to be a joke. Morgas is a cool fight. There's a cool mechanic. Stunning Morgas before he blows up with the thing is cool. I don't know. They first saw it 2.5 years ago, though. Right, but again, when Morgas was being designed, if it was double primary, there would have been a lot of natural pain that would have come from that T-Funk you would have gone into Morgeth with double primary and maybe you would have used Whisper, but there would have been a significant trade-off in doing that. Because Whisper would have been in your energy slot, you know? Or no, it would have been, uh, yeah, it would have been in your powerful slot, which means you wouldn't have had a shotgun, you wouldn't have, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Whisper isn't even the best weapon against Morgeth or, or, uh, or in Scourge. Well, at the time, I think it was. In any, in any case, I'm just trying to give you a picture into how weapon development and raid development, especially raid development that's probably over long periods of time, when they finally come up for air and they start testing stuff, they're like, oh, frick, this weapon that you guys designed is too strong. And the weapon design team's like, it's fine in ni- 98% of the game, though. That's the problem. It's like, well, in 98% of the game, it's fine. Most strike bosses are too mobile. You get a little bit of a benefit, but it doesn't decimate them. You know, most mini bosses, most public event bosses, lost sector bosses, 95% of the game, this gun is totally fine. But then you go into a raid and it's like, ah, you made a big fat guy who sits still. You know, you made a big derpy robot that sits still and then it becomes a problem. So it's just like... 
I, I'm not saying that it's excusable, but the answer would be either insane health pools, which we don't want, or highly agile enemies, which we also probably don't want. And then you're like, well, then we can't have any, we can't have any precision killers. As soon as you make a precision killer, this is where this is where the problem, you know, arises. Uh, Hawk and Rain, do you think switching subclass or changing equipment could reset uh, the diminished return? Do you think? Switching subclass or changing equipment could reset the diminished return. Oh, I have no idea. As you use Nova, though, you get the super energy back. Same with Orpheus Rig Tether. If you go and switch subclass your or attunement, it's probably going to reset all those things, isn't it? Um, so. Time to work. Time to relax. So. Uh, Doctor Who fifth year. Bungie changing raid announcements based on community reaction? Probably not. Probably not. I don't. I don't see them doing that. Um, I don't see them doing that. Uh, tweak. Haven't played Destiny two since before the expansion. How does it work now? I've heard it's seasons. Yeah, they're doing. Well, it's an annual pass with three seasons. We're about to enter the third season. Aaron. What do you think needs to be changed with the loot pool for the seasons we're currently in? Increase drop rate, make it so they aren't week-specific. Okay, I like week-specific stuff, and the reason I like week-specific stuff is because I think rhythmic urgency is good, and here's why rhythmic urgency is good. Rhythmic urgency is good because it gives you something different each week to kind of think about or look forward to, okay? Uh, Miami Yayo, thank you for 10 months of subs. Welcome back. like when they changed Ada I think that hurts because week to week it's good to say what can I chase this week what are the nightfalls what's Ada's bounties what's this what's that that's why rotating those things I think is a a bigger value Um, so I think week specific rotations of stuff is good it helps with monotony it helps with repetition um so it because when if you're if you're basically going to be logging in each week and doing the exact same thing until you get what you want i think it's sometimes good to be like i'm going to do this this week and the next week i'm doing something else that's why flashpoint rotation is a good idea nightfall rotation is a good idea these are things the rotating challenges they did during age of triumph these are really really good ways i age of triumph felt like some of the most fresh times in destiny because every week was different you know you were in crota for the entire week you were in vogue for the entire week like there was something really nice about that and i think rhythmic urgency is part and parcel to the identity of destiny and needs to be recaptured if every week we logged in on tuesday and every npc had a rotating weapon bounty and ada had her rotating bounties drifter had rotating bounties the nightfalls have rotated um activities have rotated blind well escalation protocol if all those things get rejuvenated and the boss rotates the drop rotates it's different you set your sights on what matters so maybe you're like i'm doing escalation protocol this whole week they added this cool new icolos fusion rifle and i really want to get a god roll on it and you do that all week and then the next week you're like i really want to run the flashpoint because the flashpoint gives you bonus on the drop rate and this person has the gun that i want so i'm going to run flashpoint all week long on titan i'm just going to keep grinding it out and trying to get the weapon to drop 
that way by the time you get to week six you're like oh now i want to do escalation protocol again there's this long window of time between when you are grinding your face off in escalation protocol and when you're not and that makes the game feel fresh they have all the containers the content the locations and the loot to do that so that you're they're stretching something out and you're not catching on to the fact that it's really thin right it's like they could take a pretty thin loot pool stretch it out like that have it rotate week to week and you don't catch on to the fact that it's thin because you're in different activities or different grinds week to week even if they did the same thing with the raids rejuvenate all the raids rotate the weapon drops in the raids and you can grind leviathan as much as you want because that week, this set of weapons is dropping from the encounters, and this pieces, these pieces of armor are dropping from the encounters. And then the next week, you're like, I don't like the weapon set that's dropping this week from Leviathan. I'm going to do Scourge. I'm going to do Crown of Sorrow. Whatever. Rhythmic urgency needs to be com- used more and more in more pieces of the game. And that's why the punt with Ada was a mistake. Because now... I'm telling you, they set a bad precedent because now people are going to be like, oh, if they if they take the bounty idea from Ada and they do it anywhere else and they go to rotation where it rotates week to week, people are going to get mad and complain. Why? You set a precedent with Ada. Well, Ada's got all her frames available. And it's like, they shouldn't have done it. You, you gave us too much. You gave us too much freedom. That sets the expectation. Now that they set that expectation, it's hard to dial that back. Uh, next question from Sarge what direction are you wanting Destiny 2 to take uh, it's too generic I just my entire speech uh, I think went that way are you friends with Clintus yeah uh, bum Jolin is reckoning better than escalation is reckoning better than escalation no escalation protocol was awesome I thought escalation protocol was great um I don't like uh I don't, I don't like, I don't like, uh, I don't like Reckoning. Escalation Protocol had a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff going on. Like, you're moving around the public space, it's not that, it's not, it's tough, but it's not, like, super failable, um, so. And also, the boss mechanics were cooler. Shad Berserker, slightly off topic, but related to an earlier question, so skip if you want. Do you think they need to bring back Heroic Prestige Raids? Yes. Yeah right to me um to me i think that and i've and i've made this argument many many times they need to recapture the philosophy of king's fall they designed hard first and they dialed it back for normal that philosophy of normal to hard was perfect they need to do that again with raids uh saint is there, they should do that with strikes too, by the way. A nightfall should be different. They should create a hard... Every strike should be created to be pretty, pretty freaking tough and hard. And then they dial back the mechanics. They dial back, you know, pain points and add delivery and major delivery. And that's your strike. And then when you go into the nightfall, it's a lot more tough. It's different. Saint says, is there any way Bungie could move the focus from collecting all guns and armor to actually enjoying the weapons and using them before they get nerfed? 
I mean, this is an accusatory question that ignores the fact that we have plenty of weapons that haven't gotten nerfed that are really, really strong. Whether you're going to look at the breakneck, uh, you're going to, the Ikelos shotgun is still insanely strong. It's still a great gun. Uh, Midnight Coup hasn't been touched. Trace rifles are stronger than they used to be. Really good rolls on the trust are good. There's plenty of great weapons still in the game. So, I mean, this is just like an accusatory question. Um, golden pants. I feel like people forget that the power cap will be raised. It's not going to make reckoning easier, similar to how Berguzi and Scourge are easier now. Oh, is it not going to make it? No. No. Failure. Okay, so failure at reckoning. This is why reckoning is bad content. Failure at reckoning doesn't come from you making mistakes or playing poorly. Failure at reckoning comes from big giant majors slamming the ground and knocking you off or into a wall. That's why you fail reckoning. So if you can't, you being stronger doesn't mean you can suddenly eviscerate and melt big giant yellow bar minotaurs and ogres. You know what I'm saying? You can still only kill those things so fast. There's still, there's still TTK. There's still time to kill. Because if you go into reckoning tier, tier three is 690. I mean, so, I mean, so yeah, I guess once you're 700 or 750, you could argue that, well, now that we're above the Delta, it's easier. So sure, it will be arguably easier, but it, I'm just telling you, I think it's going to need to be retooled. I think it's the delivery of the majors, how often and how many majors show up and the stomping of the ground that ruins, I think ruins the content. Uh, Evil the Waffler. I know no one liked curated loadouts in the raid, but uh, that's their only option to make it harder and not nerfing. Would you accept curated loadouts but keep strong exotics? No. Uh Uh-uh. Absolutely not. I would rather you set a baseline. Get a baseline. Build up from that baseline. So I go into a raid with newly obtained you know, God rolls or exotics or cool builds or whatever the frick. And I go in and feel awesome. Don't tell me to use stuff because curated loadouts leads to just junk. There was the one week we were doing a curated loadout because we were going for the catalyst for the Telesto. And it was like, use a scout rifle and a sidearm. I wanted to pull my freaking hair out in Spire of Stars using sidearm and a scout. Curated loadouts are not, absolutely not the way we want to go. I would rather them create a baseline and build on top of that and build power, and then I can go in with my, the loadout that I like and try and make it work, and if not, make adjustments. I don't, I cannot stand being told what to use. Heron says, do you think they should add an armor knockout system to Reckoning? It sucks to waste 20 Reaper Synths and not get a single chest piece. Some smart RNG would probably be nice there. I I, I could agree with maybe a little bit of smart RNG. You don't want to be too smart because it is transactional. You put the thing in and an armor armor piece spits out. A blade. As a Warlock main, I feel the only exotics worth using are the Skull... Luna Faction and Phoenix. Do you think they will give more subclass enhancing exotics? For example, most of the armor is supplemental to gun instead of abilities. Well, or I mean, abil- is getting your grenades or your melee back really fast, is that ever going to be as good as getting your super back? <laughs> Probably not. Um, you're also leaving out Geomags. Geomags is pretty good in the right in the right circumstances. Yeah, again, their philosophy on exotics needs to be 
firmly established. I don't think loadouts are going to change that much because the other exotics don't do enough. Even if I'm only getting back some of my super and the diminishing returns feel somewhat painful, that still is better than like, I'll what get grenades a little bit faster. Now, Tempest Crown is good in PvP. Obviously, we're not talking about that, right? I mean, that's good now. I mean, there are more there are more worthless exotics than there are exotics that compete with Skull and Phoenix. So if I go into exotics right now and just look at the armor for the Warlock, right? Sanguine Alchemy, Rance Grant, Enhanced Radar, and Mark Enemies. Clearly built for PvP. Chromatic Fire is Firefly. That's okay, but that's not as good as Phoenix. It just isn't going to be. Vesper of Radius, the Rift's release in Arc Shockwave. Dawnblade holds you midair when you're aiming. Starfire Protocol gives you an extra fusion grenade. Grenade kills charge your Rift. Uh, gain additional melee charge. Uh, improve charging of your Void Grenades. Uh, convert your Arc Grenade into an Arc Soul. You see what I'm saying? Like A lot of the I- increased weapon reload uh, speed and melee range and uh, on the Ophidian aspects. You know, like I, I just don't see a lot of people pivoting to these. Even though they're hurting prized exotics, are you going to be like, you know what? I, getting my super energy back is nice, but I really want to I really want to get radar when I'm in a rift, or I want to get my grenade energy back a little bit faster. I just don't think so. I really want to get that, that arc soul. Crowd of Tempest buffs super regen as well as grenade and melee, and chaining abilities properly charges super to a great rate. So you could use Crown of Tempest with, because uh, it's all arc, right? You could use this with with um, with Chaos Reach. Then maybe I'm maybe I'm sleeping on Crown of Tempest. Arc abilities increase the recharge rate of your arc abilities and extend the duration of Storm Trance. See, but in PVE endgame content, Storm Trance isn't all that helpful. Right? Storm Trance is not that great. Like, you don't... Most of the time, you don't really need Storm Trance in endgame content. You, you're usually going to go with something that's going to do boss damage or survivability like like the... Uh, um, the freaking... My, my Well of Radiance. I don't know. Tickle fingers on bosses and stuff. Generally speaking, everybody's got grenades and, and decent primaries. Trash adds... Are, are usually where you end up using so you'd end up using it on chaos reach but then you'd giving you'd be giving up a little bit and Eugene is saying crown doesn't buff super recharge so it sounds like maybe somebody's over over stretching the the value of crown J Chris isn't it true that if your fire team uses your supers in a more strategic manner doesn't that create enough orbs for you to get your super back right away anyhow so aren't we using those exotics as a crutch no no the orbs generated are not not anywhere near, not anywhere close to what you're going to get to what you're going to get uh, from Skull or Riggs or Phoenix Protocol. You know what I mean? Like if those 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 items give you so much more super energy. It's not even com- it's not even comparable, dude. It's not even comparable. Orbs, orb generation, and a lot of the orbs get smaller, or you know, a lot of them. Superbacks from orbs is 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 nothing compared to what you get from those, uh, you know. And and skull and rigs do generate fat orbs. That is true, 
but that's where getting the super energy back compounds the problem. You do your Nova, you generate a bunch of orbs for your buddy, and you get your super back. If you need a little bit of help, he's generated orbs from his rigs. And then he does his rigs again, and he gets his super back. He generates more orbs. Like, it's just a machine of supers. It, be- it gets absurd. Uh, Wastavi. Hey, Lona, hope you had a good vacation. With the story segment that is added on with this season, how do you think they will try to end the D2 storyline? Us working for or against the Drifter, Might Against the Darkness. I feel like they're leading to a, a culmination of unlikely allies. Mithrax, Drifter, Callus, the Queen, uh, Aldrin. I believe all these people are going to have to come together like an unlikely band of heroes and chaotic good and chaotic neutral people that are basically trying to save the universe from the triangle ships. That's what I think they're leading us to. I don't think we're suddenly going to become enemies with these people. It's going to feel it's going to feel like a the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of a situation. We've all got to work together cuz if not, we won't have a universe. We won't have anything because the you know, the ancient foe of the traveler is far bigger threat than anything else. Vision Empire wouldn't just buffing other exotics and fixing leveling be some of the problems. I talked about this in my in my video about nerfing you know nerfing everything. I don't think suddenly buffing the other exotics would help because as we just read through a bunch of the exotics, they don't offer enough of a benefit. I mean, they'd have to get absurd to even make you consider it. Like you're just gonna have grenades all the time, you know. Um, cause so many it's it's I think they should have said all exotics that give you back super energy are needing to be retooled to do something else that was Paul Tassi's article right these things need to do something else because generating super energy is just it's such a trump card in the power in the power fantasy it's so much stronger than anything else we have in, in our disposal this is why titans feel so weak you get spoiled by Riggs Tether. You get spoiled by Skull, Phoenix. You get spoiled by these things. Then you go and use a Titan and you're like, what the frick? But then when the Titan could do infinite shield throwing and have infinite super during revelry, it was like, yeah, now the Titan's working. Well, he felt good because he was he was doing something that was completely unintended. So, Evil the Waffler. The worst thing about Reckoning, in my opinion, is the stomping of the yellow bars. You think they'll ever get rid of it? I don't know if they're ever going to get rid of stomping. I would like to at least have stomping be you've got to be in front of them if you're behind them or if you're in the air it shouldn't hurt you or knock you back it should basically be a clear out from the front of them if you actually are dumb enough to stay there you're going to get hurt you're going to get flung back and it's warranted if you're directly in front of them on the ground if you're on their side if you're behind them if you're in the air it shouldn't be knocking you back. It shouldn't be sending you flying. It's just stupid. Uh, Chesco, I know you were against larger boss health pools. However, don't you think this needs to happen? The health of the raid bosses needs to be higher given how multiple weapons and the energy and kinetic that do massive DPS. Ikelos, Lord of Wolves, Outbreak, Izanagi. Um, well, Ikelos isn't as strong as it once was. Lord of Wolves is getting a nerf, and Outbreak will probably get a cap on the Nanites. Izanagi's not really a boss killer uh, because of how much ammo you'd have to use just to get the, the stronger shots and how long it would take to do that. It's not going to be good for uh, DPS. Um, so, no, I don't agree with you. I don't think they just need to start doing bigger health pools because a lot of what you're citing 
on on guns that do massive DPS um, aren't going to be a problem. I actually still think Whisper is going to be god tier in the right scenario. In the right scenario, six people with 21 shots, because they upped reserves to 18, which means 21 total shots with Whisper breathing in a well of radiance. I still think six people landing, if they all land 20 shots, you know what I'm saying? That's 120 bullets at Whisper breathing, well of radiance buff. I don't think Whisper is going to suddenly be junk. It just isn't going to give you the ammo benefit. And with the bad ammo economy, that's one of the reasons people are going to be annoyed by it. They'll get one really, really insanely great damage cycle, and then they're all going to be scrounging for heavy ammo. So, I now, that doesn't mean they need to create insane health pools. Insane health pools on bosses can create really, really unfun environments because instead of it being like a really, really fun maximizing DPS you know, managing and and becoming finessed with the mechanics, it just becomes an endurance test. Four to five damage cycles because they make a health pool just stupid. And when you make insane health pools you basically don't let people to, you know, there's no freedom. It becomes like a, a mathematical equation. Whatever does the absolute maximum amount of damage or DPS, you have to run that because the health pool is so huge, right? Think of it this way. Let's say the absolute best optimum DPS build has most teams landing on two damage cycles. First damage cycle, they get around 60 to 70% damage because they're using an optimum DPS build. They get 60 to 70% of the damage on the boss done, and they got to go to a second damage phase. Let's just imagine like Callus. You go in and most people can do that with optimum builds. That means not so optimum builds or viable builds or reasonable builds as as long as they land at 50 to 55% of the, the boss's health you're still doing it in two damage phases but you're allowing players to have freedom so they can run whatever they want the optimum build doesn't necessarily beat the boss significantly faster. Now, in a speed run, sure, you're going to run the optimum build. But if the difference between your team and my team is it's a two-phase that you do, what, 20 seconds faster than us, that's pretty cool because that means we're all able to run what we r- want, we leverage good weapons and good damage cycles, and we both kill the boss in two damage phases. You get 70% of his health and then 30. We get 55 and then 45. On paper, we're, we're different in the details, but it's like, it's still two damage phases. But if you make his health pool absurd so that the only way you two phase him is with the absolute pinnacle builds, no missed shots, you get to like 52% and then you do it again, that gets too narrow and then people are like, you have to run the optimum god-killing DPS build. You can't run anything else. And that makes for, I think, unenjoyable content. It's just too narrow. If it's narrow and requires close to perfection... You know, that was when I I, that, I I had my mind changed by Datto when he was on the podcast a long time ago. And we were talking about Golgoroth and I was talking about my dissatisfaction with Golgoroth and how we we need to use the rotation method. Right. And I said, 
they should basically set it up to where single pool method takes a lot more time give him way more health but if you do rotation method we would have gotten a buff in each pool that by the time you got to the fifth and sixth pool you'd have been doing a ton right a ton of uh a ton of um a ton of damage and and data was like well that will require perfection and when you require near perfection that makes for like unenjoyable engagements and i was like yeah you're probably right so you got to be careful with just massive health pools forza with reckoning matchmaking even worse rng than the actual gun rng drop rate can we expect console text chat in the near future to help communicate with randoms i just feel like they're going to tone it down right i feel like they're just going to tone it down uh k scott it seems that twitch is filled with streamers doing comp carries why do you think that is? I would much rather see PvE content. That's just kind of how it's been for a long time. There were trials carries back in the day. It just It's part and parcel to the community, and people like watching PvP. Evil the Waffler, do you think exotics should extend supers instead of getting supers back? So it's more of a change instead of nerfs. I mean, here's something fun they could have done with Skull. They could have said, if you kill enough enemies to generate um to generate you know 50 to 60 percent of your super energy it would have refilled the bar and the bar would have been yellow and it would have given you the option of throwing a second slightly weaker nova that could have been pretty cool because you could be like here comes a big group of ads boom i got enough for a second one boom i'm gonna do it again you could time that well with bosses and if there were ads around them that would be a you're getting super energy back but you've got to use it in a proper way even still you'd probably still use it over other things because of the sheer fact of getting super energy back and being able to throw two novas in the right circumstances would probably be better than virtually all the other exotics save a few t-funk do you think there should be an aggro mechanic for stomp like more dps the more focus you get I mean, maybe. Obviously, when you get in front of something, it's slamming the ground kind of makes sense. Like, get the frick back kind of a thing. Again, knockback in most games is directional. If you, in, in Diablo, when you go up to something and it hits knockback, you get sent back a certain direction. And then there's obviously, like, circle attacks that they do in Diablo sometimes to knock everybody back. But I just think it should be directional, and you got to be in front. Uh, Duplis. Mithrax might be closer to a guardian than we think he is. The lore hints that he was he has died in the past and was resurrected. Mithrax is also part of the Fallen House of Light. Do you think this is hinting towards Fallen playable race class in D3? I don't think it's hinting at that. I just think it's hinting more along the lines of what I said. Unlikely, unlikely allegiances to face the oncoming fight. Um, so... Vision Empire. Okay, adding to my last question. Instead of not buffing everything else... Uh, after the nerf to those exotics, why not just run the super five super mods? You're still getting back your super back just as fast. Well, at least in that encounter, um, at least in that encounter, at least in this example, you're, you're losing, you're losing, you're losing resilience and recovery and other benefits. You're trading. You see what I'm saying? You're being forced to trade benefits for that benefit, benefit of the super mods. Um, so we would need to see how much the super mods would even have an impact on making up the difference of how much we're losing but then you'd also have to understand the fact that you're trading in your build I mean my warlock is a 277 a lot of that has to do with the fact that I've got resilience, resilience resilience, super 
taking armaments. My hunter especially, my hunter especially, gets a ton of resilience and recovery from mods that I know helps. So, mm, sounds good. Let me know. Sorry, I'm having to DM somebody because I know like time is of the essence on some things. Um, so. A tunica, longtime watcher on YouTube, first time tuning in live, may have missed it, but do you think Reckoning itself will be nerfed to bring it in line with the exotic nerfs since the activity was largely developed around their power? That's essentially what my entire talk was, yes. Uh, my entire talk was basically like, it's going to need retooled. I went beyond saying it just needs retooled and said it'd be cool if they gave us more intentionality with bounties, surge bounties, knock out a couple birds with one stone, have the drifter having surge bounties that are the weapons and so each week those rotate it helps people do their surge bounties so they can level up quicker but it gives other people the opportunity to say hey I never got that gun I can grind for that gun this week Um, I think that would be um, a really really good way to retool and get more purpose in life out of content that fell flat in Season of the Drifter it could add one more piece of life to Season of Opulence so that's the final question we can keep discussing stuff I'm going to keep streaming so if you're here live don't go anywhere if you've enjoyed the back and forth the interactivity if you like having almost like an interactive radio show make sure you're following my stream That's you, you do that by clicking the heart button click that little heart button and that makes sure you're following you'll get notified when I'm streaming you can also follow me on Twitter to get notified if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage probably live right now so come on in and hang out Uh, as always if you're listening or watching in their locations I appreciate that and thank you very much please like share and subscribe